The following story has been brought to you by StoriesToInspire.org. Right at the beginning of World War II, when the Nazis, Yemach Shemam Zichram, took over Germany and started making good on their promise and quest to conquer the world under the Aryan nation, Yemach Shemam, there was a group of German Jews who found themselves in an unbelievable amount of danger. It's one thing to be a Jew in Europe in World War II, but it was ten times worse. To be a Jew in Germany at the onset of the world, of World War II? So this group of German Jews, they took everything they owned, and somehow or other miraculously, they snuck out of Germany, right under the noses of the Nazis. And they were able to make it to the closest ally nation to England. However, when they got to the borders of England, they're met by the border control of the English, of the British. They were put in quarantine. They were put in holding. And they didn't let them come into the country. You see, the English government, they had a tremendous quandary. They didn't know what to do with this group of German Jews. On one hand, they knew good and well, to send them back to Germany was murder. And that they didn't want to do. They didn't have that level of cruelty in them. But on the other hand, they're Germans. And England was at war with Germany. So maybe amongst this group of German Jews, there may be some German spies. They were worried. So they didn't want to allow the group to come into England. So what was the solution that the British government came up with for this group of German Jews? They decided that they were going to send this group of German Jews to Australia. At that time, Australia was a British colony under England's rule. They decided in Australia they can't do any damage. It was still very primitive. It was one that couldn't hurt Mother England. And therefore, they decided, off to Australia, we're going to send this group of German Jews. See, but there was a big problem. Because right at the onset of World War II, the oceans that surrounded England and Europe were infested with German submarines. So to make the trip from England to Australia by boat, was practically suicidal. Any boat that was going to cross the ocean was going to get sunk by a German sub. So no captain and no sailor was willing to take this group of German Jews in their boat to go across to Australia. No one would make the trip. So sure enough, they had to find these low-life, low-society, half-drunk sailors that were the only ones that were willing with practically nothing to lose to volunteer for money to be the ones to take this group of German Jews from England across the oceans to Australia. And they were instructed the following. They were told, take all markings off the boat. The boat should have no identification or markings at all. So no one will know where the boat is coming from. And if any submarine or ship tries to make contact with you, 
ignore it. They call out and ask you to identify yourself, ignore the call. This was the instructions that the crew was given on an unmarked ghost ship to take this group of German Jews from England to Australia. Well, this poor group of German Jews, you could imagine what they went through just to get to England. Now they're boarding a ghost ship with a very low-class crew of sailors on a long, death-defying trip across dangerous waters to Australia. A day or two into the journey, this group of sailors realized that these Jews were at their mercy. They were in the middle of the ocean. There was no judge. There was no law. They could do whatever they want. So right away, they turned on this poor group of German Jews, and the first thing they made for was their suitcases. They opened the suitcases. They went through everything, looking for any valuables, any money. They found very little, if anything. They already sold everything they had. They were so upset that after going through all the suitcases, they couldn't find any valuables, that just to spite and to tick off this group of German Jews, they took all their suitcases, their clothes, their belongings, anything they owned, and they threw it overboard into the ocean. Now this group, they had nothing. They were absolutely and positively left with nothing. They were broken. They turned to Borei Olam and said, Hashem, we ran from Germany to get away from the Nazis, Yemachim. We come to England, who was supposed to be a friend, only to be turned away onto a boat with another bunch of anti-Semitic sailors and crew to take every last piece of clothing and item that we own to throw overboard into the ocean. We're left with nothing. Hashem, what are you doing to us? What do you want from us? Well, miraculously, this boat did make it across the oceans of Europe, and somehow it made it to Australia, and the crew was able to deliver this group of German Jews more or less intact. Do you think that that's the end of the story? Forty years later, Rabotai, listen to this. <laughs> 1982, there was a group of divers that were out on the oceans on the outside of England, the oceans of Europe, and they came across a German submarine that was sunk in World War II, sitting on the ocean floor. What a find, a relic, 40 years old from World War II. They were called U-boats, a German U-boat. So the divers made their way down to this submarine. They were able to get inside the sub. And incredibly, they found that most things inside the sub were still very much intact. They were able to go through basically the files, and they found the diary of the captain of this German submarine, which was incredibly intact. And they brought it up with everything else there that they were able to bring up. And they handed over the diary 
of this captain of the German sub from World War II to the press. And the press put it all over the place. And here is one of the entitlements of this diary written there by the hand of the captain of this German sub. And he writes as follows. The German captain writes, one of the stories that happened while he was captain of this German U-boat. He says, one day, we came across an unidentified boat in the ocean that had no markings. We didn't know if it was a friend or a foe. So quickly, we made radio contact with this boat, and we asked whoever was running the boat, identify yourself, who are you? And we got no response. We got no answer. So again we asked with no answer. So the captain writes, I quickly called back to my commander in Germany, and I explained to him that here there's a boat crossing the oceans on the outside of England who does not want to identify when we reach out for identification. The boat has no markings. It looks like a ghost ship. What should we do? And the word came back, shoot it down, sink the boat immediately. The captain writes, just then, we got the torpedoes together. We started loading the torpedoes into the shafts. He says, as he writes there, I had my finger on the button to release the first torpedo to sink this boat. And suddenly we saw something very odd. We saw suitcases floating on the water on the surrounding perimeter of this boat. And it struck us very weird. Something wasn't right with going on on this boat. So I quickly stopped and questioned. And I sent out one of my divers to go and investigate. And the German diver leaves the submarine, comes up to the surface, grabs one of the suitcases, and brings it back to the sub. The captain writes, we opened the suitcase, and we saw German markings. The labels on the suitcases were written in German. The papers on the inside of the suitcase was all written in German, with German passports. He says, how happy I was that I wasn't hasty in pressing the button to release those torpedoes. I was about to sink the ship of my German brethren. We let the ship go. What's bitter and what's sweet? You could imagine that that group of German Jews, when they were in Australia, I guarantee you, how they probably lost sleep and had nightmares on that terrible, traumatic incident of those sailors throwing their suitcases overboard. Little did they know that how bitter that was at that moment that they were crying out to Hashem with bitter tears, Hashem, what are you doing to us? Did they realize that that moment of bitterness was the moment of the Yeshua? Did they realize that that minute was the sweetest minute? That was the minute of salvation. That was the minute that they were saved. Not to find out till some 40 years later when the diary of the captain of a submarine that they did not see, nor did they even know exist, 
had to be published by the press. Ah, it's so bitter. But it's so sweet. And yes, and I will say it, to go from bitter to better is just to change one letter. I say, okay? Sometimes that all takes. From bitter to better. What's bitter and what's sweet? Only Bore Olam knows. Enjoyed this story? Come again. Bring a friend. Stories to inspire.org.